0: I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I will not go to sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word. I pray, God, that we'll fall on good ground and, Lord, that the harvest will be way more than we could ever dream or imagine. Thank you and thank you. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. So today I'm going to talk to you from a topic called A Tale of Three Rings. A Tale of Three Rings. So in the summer of 1994, well, let me back up. So uh, Pastor Evan and I, when we were planning to get married, we went through all this excitement, right? So I'm just going to kind of fast forward to the the end of the excitement because I'm going to do a Bible study in February or so that's going to kind of get you into the front end of the excitement. So I don't want to give away all of our excitement. So anyway, what had happened is we were in, I had gone to Jamaica because I was getting ready to go to South Africa to do my mission work. And so in getting ready to do my mission work, I went to Jamaica to raise, you know, monies and meet with my pastor before I left well Evan had come and he said you know let's have dinner we were good friends and he said I think I found my wife and I said that's so fantastic can't wait to meet her because I was going to South Africa I was going to be a missionary Mother Teresa I wanted to kind of be in the 1040 window over there in Afghanistan we smuggling Bibles through China that was my life that was how I saw my life for real like adventure, you know, just dodging bullets and stuff. Yeah, for real. So anyway, he says, no, I think that's you. I said, no, no. So because two weeks prior, he had taken me in front of his family and we weren't dating, but we had a family meeting and he told the group, I'm not dating sorrow, but nobody even asked you, were you dating (laughs) sorrow? So why are we even talking to the family? So I just figured, um, this is not the person. So anyway, so I went to, and he said, well, we should pray about it. Okay. So we went and prayed and what Bible school people do is they pray and they don't pray at no time. They pray at Bible college because you have a little prayer journal and you have to turn it in. So you have to pray. So we got up at five o'clock that morning cause I was getting ready to go on the, the plane and leave and here I, come, I can't sleep. And the Lord gives me this scripture. Where he goes, you shall go, and his God will be your God, and his people will be your people. And this is Ruth chapter 1, verse 17. I thought, no, it's not going to work for me, though. So anyway, I had to come and say, okay. It's not that I didn't like him and stuff, but because he had done a little two-week stunt before, and he had told everybody he wouldn't marry me because that's too loud, and, you know, all this kind of thing. Yeah, he did. Can you imagine? That was so cute. I had no idea what was wrong with him. Anyway. So, so, anyway, what happened is we already knew we would be married because we weren 't dating. you see, we already had a word and confirmation from God and from our pastors before we even started the process of getting together. I know you all like it the other way you now. Let me date first, let me see, let me see how, what he drive. what does he have on, is that her real hair? Can I tolerate her without her real hair? All of that. You know, you want to do that first. I mean, I, I mean, it's like crazy you now, right? By the time you take off the eyelashes and you wipe off all the, 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 the eyebrows. And you take off the overdrawn lips. And unsnap guy gonna be like whoo whoa you better see them in their natural state honey if every time you see them they're all made up wait so anyway so we knew we would get married it wasn't even you know a consideration we would have never gotten to the stage of dating had we not already gotten confirmation from god now y'all don't have to follow me but I'm just telling you, I've only been married one time, going on 22 years this year. Uh, not two, three, four, five, six times. So I think it kind of worked. We didn't sleep with each other before we got married. Try it out. See what that's like. We weren't taking these little trips together. Uh, oh, let's go over here to Brazil and Antigua. Oh, we're going to sleep in separate rooms, Pastor. Are you kidding? Okay? Well, really? Okay. Yeah, whatever. No. I'm just saying... Do it right. Do it right. So we knew that. So while I was in South Africa, it was, it's a, the diamond capital of the world. He said, I want you to find a ring. But don't go too crazy now. I was like, all right, don't go too crazy. I need to really, I need to get me a nice ring. But don't go real crazy. You know what I mean? Don't spend a whole lot of money. So will you show me the first ring? See the more ring there. <laughs> so you see that middle piece right there? Not the edges, the middle. That's what I purchased. That was my, so I came back from South Africa. Just the middle piece, please study, just the middle. Imagine it without the other pieces. So I came back and I said, Woo, babe, I got my ring. And he was, he was trying to hide his zeal. So he said, where's the rest of it? <laughs> I said, oh, this is, it was so cute. He said, how much did you spend on this ring? I said, $70. He goes, sweet. These are chips. These are not even real diamonds. These are chips in the ring. I said, oh no. So I was so excited. Hey, I never asked him for a budget. I never asked him for, you know, parameters on what the ring was. He said, well, at least thought you were going to spend like a $1,000. I was like a $1,000. Oh, crikey. $1,000. I could have bought me a ring with a diamond the size of a stop sign. What was the thing? He thought my mind was further along than it was. But what had happened to me is I began to live life on what do I really need, Lord? Not what I want, but what do I need? So my experiences. Having grown up, if you've been at Word of Truth for a while, you'll hear Pastor Che, you'll hear me testify. So, we had some good times and then we had some, some bad times. We had some times that we would come home and we don't know is the light, are the lights going to be on? Are the, is the water going to be on? Are we going to eat dinner today or we have to wait for tomorrow? When I've had it, you've had enough of those things where you, you take your, your cabbage. And you strip it down and then you add potatoes to it, and then you add tomatoes to it, and then you, you try and just you bulk it up and put crackers in there so that you, you can sustain your meal for today. When you've had enough of those situations, where you've had to stretch things, you begin to not, you don't realize that you're, fu- uh, you're functioning in lack and deficiency. And wherever you f- operate or function in deficiency. All sufficiency is not available. And so what I was doing was, okay, he wants, we're going to get married. What's the minimum? Not the maximum. What is it I absolutely could live with? Not what I really desire. And I was a believer. But I was a believer with a low expectancy. I was a believer who did not understand how expecting God was okay. Expecting God to do something. And so let's turn to Acts 27. Acts 27. My exposure affected my expectancy. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. Is exposure, experience, and expectancy. Acts 27. Acts 27. In this story, there's a, a journey, a missionary journey. Well, not a missionary journey. There was a journey that was happening where Paul was being taken to be tried. And the group of people on the boat, the Bible says that Paul had this thing and he said, you know, I don't think we should take this trip. And they're like, ah, oh, who are you? You're a prisoner. We're just going to go with the roll. And there was a gentle wind, the Bible says, that came. And so the people said, oh yeah, that's what we wanted. And so they continued. But right behind that gentle wind was a hurricane. And the hurricane came and started beating them up. And this is where we're going to pick up. Let's turn to verse 13. It says, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they went and sailed close to Crete. But not long after, there came against them a tempest wind. And it's called whatever the wind is called. It not even have a name. Okay, so the wind, it was a bad wind, right? And when the ship was caught and could not bear up under the wind, we let her go. Where we cannot bear up under the stress, we have the habit of just letting go. Letting the stress carry us. Letting the frustration carry us. And it says here, and running under a certain island, we had much work come by the boat. Verse 17. When they were taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing that we should fall into quicksands, they were driven. Verse 18. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day we lightened the ship. So they began to just get rid of all the stuff. So when I'm in a financial situation and it's a financial wind coming my way and a financial tempest coming my way. So, so what we do is, is we start to pawn our stuff. And, and we start to go to our friends and say, can I borrow this amount of money? I give it back. Or we go to the payday loans. We start, we start figuring it out for ourselves. We don't call on God. We call on our, our wits. And we begin to try to do it according to us. And then we post date the check hoping it doesn't clear before the payday comes. You may not have been there, but see, I've been there. Because when my husband had that injury in 1999 and his back was injured and he lost his job and we had to pawn our stuff. And we had to, we lost our great credit rating and it went down by the hundreds and we had to get out of our house and we were living with his brother and, 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 and instead of us being in a house, we are back in an apartment and I'm going, whoa, we're not supposed to be going backward. Hmm. They began to lighten the ship, do it according to their thinking. Verse 19. And the third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many ways appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Now, the word hope there is expectation. This is what it says. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all expectations of being saved of being delivered, of being on the shore. And so this was really uh, due to their lack of maturity and experience, you see. Because what had happened is they had been battered and bruised by so much of the bad stuff that they began to just expect more bad stuff. They just began to expect more negative stuff. They began to function out of a, a deficit rather than a sufficiency. And so I will give you an example. Last week, this is what happened. Last week, I, I used to work for AT&T as a customer service rep many years ago. So I was a person you hung up on. You know, I'd come and say, hi, this is Sarah Connor with AT&T. It's dinner time, bang. Hi, Sarah Connor with AT&T. Why are you calling me again? Is it me, sir? Did I call you again? Me, me personally? Why don't they AT- take me on your no call list. That was me. I could handle it. So then I went there and I went to Inbound. So I kind of know a lot about AT&T. So I went into AT&T last week because I had crushed my phone because I was trying to cook with one hand and periscope it with the other hand. Those of you who are on that periscope knew what was happening. Yes, it was very hectic. But my periscoper, heaven, was out. And so I was trying to do it, and Landon wanted to help. And I didn't know if he would dropped the thing in the food, so I just tried to do it with one hand, and I broke my phone. So in breaking my phone, I went to um, AT&T, and when I went there, I found out that they had been charging me $90 extra per month for 15 months. They sure have. That's a house note. That's a house note or that is 10, or 15 pairs of shoes. Let me tell you, there's a, that's a lot of money. So I called call them and if you are in customer service or ever served in customer service, there is a routine that we do. Let we'll me let you in on the secret. When you get a call that you don't want to deal with, There's three ways you can handle it. A, you can put the caller on hold and hope that they get frustrated in waiting and hang up. And all the customer service people say, amen. The second thing that you can do (laughs) is wear out the customer by asking them all these unnecessary questions about their accounts and stuff, knowing that they won't really understand it and tell them, oh, call back when you get it. Mm Mm-hmm. There's another option where you can tell your neighbor to act like your supervisor. You just put your headset on there. Hi, I'm sorry, I'm the supervisor. And the customer people said, amen. "Amen." Mm -hmm. I I know these games. So because I'm an expert in all of those, (laughs) when I called the lady and I said to her, you know, you all have been charging me. That was the first thing she already knows. Oh, no, disgruntled customer. Mayday, mayday. We don't want to deal with her. Don't want to deal with her. So she starts to know, do the process with her slick self, but she don't know. I got some experience. I got some exposure. So she starts up, ma'am, what is your account number? Like I memorized that. What is this, the ABCs? So I said, oh, one moment. So I gave her the number. Okay, well, ma'am, can you look on the bill and tell me exactly where you see the overcharge? No, it's your job to look on my bill and see where you overcharge me. Did I do that? No, no, because I've matured now, you see. I've learned from past mistakes on the customer service. And I said, no, I'm going to just be nice. So I said, oh, okay, well, here it's code because it's in code. So if you're not an AT&T rep, how are you going to know? They can't write on their international roaming data plan for when you travel to Jamaica. So they have these little codes. So I'm reading the code, and I'm just like on the inside going, oh, I know what you're doing. So then she's like, will you hold? I'm like, oh, yes, Jesus. So I hold. and it, I hold. It's like 20 minutes we hold. But I'm going to win. I'm going to win. So she comes back on. So she, I'm, I'm acting like everything is fine. And then she was snarky. Just trying to, well, ma'am, I can only do two months. You know, uh, I can only return two months. But well, I knew she was going to say that because I know that's what she's going to say. But I need my 15 months. You didn't, you didn't take two months of my money. You took 15 months of my money. So I just played it. I was like, oh, thank you so much. Yes, Betty, you're so awesome. You're great. So she's smiling on the phone now because she thought the call went well. But my experience lets me know. You don't act upon the customer rep on the front end because her friend will be the supervisor. But on the back end when they want you to, you know, give an account for the call because they thought the call went so well, they're going to turn you to the real supervisor. So, the, ma'am, would you like to do the survey on the call? My supervisor, would, I would love to do the survey for you, Betty. I would ju- that would just do me so jolly well. So I get on, hi, this is Mark or this is whoever. I said, Mark, let me just start out and tell you. I was an AT&T rep. Now let me tell you the violations that have just happened. I said, first she gets a five out of a ten because she was snarky on the phone Then she tried to employ all these different tactics that we do on the floor. Thirdly, it is my money and it is my, you need to return my money. You know, ma'am, you are completely correct. I said, I know it. So she said, he says, uh, we'll put in a claim. You'll get your money back. Thank you. No, I could not have gotten my money back if A, I didn't expect it back. B, I couldn't have expected it back if I didn't have some experience. And some exposure that it was possible for me to get it back. And so when Evan came into my life with that ring and he was just flabbergasted. When we got on our honeymoon, that's when he put the other two rings on the side trying to beef up the ring. So in all, the ring was $320. But the whole time, it was my poverty mentality, my lack of sufficiency that made me believe I was not qualified for anything more than just enough. And the whole time, he's coming from a sense of abundance. And so he had to come into my life and stretch me and expose me and push me into thinking, whoa, can you do more? So here's what happens next. Here's what happens next. If you put up my my second ring, Mr. Yeah, there you go. So in the third year, in the third year of our marriage, he went to the pawn shop and bought this ring. We're pawn shop experts. (laughs) We know where they all are. We've gotten a lawnmower from the pawn shop. We've gotten VCRs from the pawn shop. Y'all know, no no, no, no that. was. all right. Okay. So this was the third, the second ring. I did not know this ring was coming. The whole time he was planning to increase me, even though I could not believe for increase myself. God is always trying to increase you, even if your mind is not there yet. So now I have a little bit of experience with him. Uh, and, um, we didn't have the resources to do everything we wanted to do. But I'm telling you, we would be in this little apartment. We were on Baird Farm Road right up there in North Arlington. And we had a bed and we had some sheets on the bed and we have had an uh, a ironing board. That was our furniture. So we ate on the ironing board because that's the dining table. Then we moved from there to Wimbledon, right down here. And we went to J.C. JCPenney's or Macy's, I think, and bought a coach set for $700. And that was our second stage. See, what I realized is that we want the stuff, but we don't want the stages. And though God works with supernatural expectations, he also works through seasons. So we're in the second apartment, and we start our business right there. And Eben is driving me to South Lake, and he's driving me to North Dallas, and we're looking at these houses that we do not have the resources to purchase because we are in an apartment. And he is looking and he's taking me to the jewelry shop and I'm trying on stuff and he's taking me um, to the Don David's car dealership and we are uh, test driving the BMWs. But we were in a 1987 market, Suzu, where that had cigarette holes all over the seat. Then we used some fur and covered the seats. Hello? seats with a dice in the mirror what are you saying and her name was Betsy but Betsy was so interesting because Betsy was you know she was a showstopper honey she could not stop in back roads oh no she needed to break down on major highways only where there was maximum impact for embarrassment would she break down but here we are in Don Davis driving the BMW test driving like we really have it We didn't have the resources, but you still have the right to dream. You don't have the resources doesn't mean you don't have the right to dream. And so I find that we get, we get focused on what we don't have that we use it as an excuse to move forward to what we could have. And we, we, we talk ourselves out of being blessing blessed because we get stuck in a hurricane when there really is a promise of safety on the shore. Romans 15 says this, Acts 27 says this, be of good cheer for I believe God that it should be even as it was told to me. See, Paul told them, be of good cheer. I believe God. It's going to happen as it was told to me because Paul had experience with God. Paul had exposure to God. Let me ask you this. If you are riding on a horse and something, some blinding light come on, box you off the horse. Like a poltergeist ex-files experience. You're going to believe, huh? Paul was knocked off his horse and got blind. And then got healed. He had an experience with God. He had some history with God. He had seen some healings and some miracles with God. So he was able to say, I believe God. And his expectation was based on his experience with God. Now, Romans fifteen thirteen says this. May the God of expectation. Oh my goodness. May the God of expectation fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with expectation by power of the Holy Spirit. God is a supernatural God of expectation. He wants you to expect, not expect the bad all the time. When you had a year like 2015, some people had just one thing going to the next, to the next, to the next. If you don't watch it and you get stuck in hurricane land, you will have a 2016 that's duplicated like 2015 because you will expect more of the same. You will expect no one to hire you because the last person didn't hire you. You will expect to be overlooked. You will expect to be ignored. You will expect to be struggling. You will expect to be dependent. But that is not the expectancy that God wants us. But I realized in my own life that it took some time to get my mind renewed. To get a different expectation. Because in the first ring I was expecting. I just need something to symbolize I'm married. When there was a whole nother set of abundance waiting for me. That I didn't tap into. It's not that it was available. My mind was not ready for what was there. If it was so I would have spent the thousand. The thousand was there. But I didn't even have the confidence to say to him. What kind of budget are you talking about? Had I known, i have been. I, I don't even know. I think I would have been shaking with fear and trembling anyway. Like a thousand dollars? Oh my goodness! I mean, it may not seem like a lot to you, but my goodness gracious, when you broke like I was, oh. you know what I could have done with a thousand dollars. This is how, and, and my husband has helped me so much. Oh my God! Next to Jesus, I promise you, we can go into a store, and he'll have a hundred dollars, and I'll have a hundred dollars. This is just how my mentality was, and he would go and he would find a cufflink and he will spend the whole hundred dollars on this cufflink oh no not me i want 10 cufflinks they may pop by tomorrow but in my little broke poverty mentality oh i'll never get another cufflink in my life oh this is it oh let's hoard it up y2k y2k <laughs> i'll never be without a cufflink again but he'll go sweet i I'm going to make more of this. Wherever this came from, I made more. I'm thinking, oh, no, this is the last day. Suppose we die and get raptured. Oh, no. Broke in your mind. But we cannot get what God wants for us if we're like that. Okay, check this out. Check this out. Mark 4, 28 says this. It says, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the air, after that the full air of corn. So God goes in stages and I find that we have a problem right now. So we have young girls that they want to get married and they see these videos and they hook up with this guy and they just want to find out, Hey, you know, does he have a job and everything? And they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And now you're on the first date and then you're on the second date and you expect to have a coach purse. By the third date, you expect to have a Kate Spade. By the fourth date, Louis Vuitton, honey. By the fifth date, pay for my weave. By the sixth date, please make sure that you're my house note. You can hook that up to, we all want to skip stages. You want to get what people work for 20 years in two weeks. You need grit. You need patience. You need to build something. You don't just get married and bam, you're on stage four. And I find that's what we want. And then we get frustrated when it's not happening. But we don't realize that the platform we want does not match the current character and immaturity we have. Some blessings you want there, but you know... Let let's, let me just keep going on. Okay, so here's what happens. So, Evan is increasing me. He's exposing me. We're driving all over Kingdom Come all the time with Betsy. And so by the time now we get into year three, I wanted to say we had our first BMW or our first Mercedes or our first something. One of them, and we never stopped since then. And um, I was used to driving a bus, you understand? So when, I, when Evan asked me what my dream car was, this is so true. He said, see, what's your dream car? I'm going to help make your dreams come true. I said, like, yes, I like this idea. I said, I want a Toyota Camry. <laughs> God is my witness. He was like, a Toyota Camry. I said, yes, I want a white one. It drives so well. This is how, this is, this is the extent of my, because I didn't think I could deserve a Mercedes. It's not that it wasn't available. It's not that I never knew what a Mercedes was. I did. I just think I I could do it. So he was like, sweet, do you have anything higher than that? Oh, no, no, that's just fine. But by year three, no, he had bought the first Mercedes. We never got to the Camry. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So my, you know, so no, I start, you know, I start dreaming, no. Yes, man, the world is open, a whole new world, a brand different point of view. So now I'm cutting out things and I have a vision board and I put my kids up there and I have all, all these little houses that he was taking me to know. Yeah, I take their little flyers and put up on there and yeah, I'm dreaming big and now he's kind of getting scared of my dreams and, <laughs> <laughs> and so here's one of the rings that I had put up. So yes, I put that up there. No, I say, yes, man, babe. And so we're talking about it. I said, babe, when am get this ring when we're like married 15 years or but I was dreaming about it that like way before you know, way before, because now he had built in me an appetite based on the exposure. I had an appetite of expectancy now. Appetite an expectancy. So I was, I was getting married and um, I started showing him the, those things. And so here, uh, if you show the next ring, there we go. Now, I know it's kind of zoomed far away. But now in year 18, on his own, he went and bought this ring, which is a ring I wear now, right? I know it don't look like the other ring, but it's double the size of the other ring. So that's almost five carats. Now, here's the point. This is not a message about getting a bigger ring or about the ring at all. This is a message about there was a time that my mind could only handle $70 worth of God's blessing. But the whole time, my husband, symbolizing the Lord, was wanting more for me than I even knew I could have for myself. Every stage of the way, he was planning, scheming, deliberating, exposing me, changing me, challenging me, building me, trying to let me know. Sarah, it's okay to dream. You have permission to want more. You don't have to always live in struggle. You're not doing God a service by being in this false humility of struggling. How do I testify of an abundant God when I'm living in deficiency? How do I say God can bring me through when I'm still stuck in it? How can I say God is providing for me when there is no provision? Because I've become satisfied in struggle. And I expect struggle and I expect drama and I expect stress. But my appetite changed. My mind had to be renewed. And the Bible says here in Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think according to the power that works in us. But for him to do exceedingly, abundantly above, we got to ask something and we got to think something. And so here I realize God took dust and he created a man. He took a rib and created a woman. He took Joseph and Joseph began as a son of someone. Then he turned into a slave. Then he was a supervisor in Potiphar's house. Then he became the superintendent. Then he became savior of a nation. If God had put Joseph in the position of superintendent when he was just a son, he would have blown the whole thing. Because just by the fact that he was running around sharing his dream to everybody showed and exposed his immaturity. He knew from then that he was going to be The superintendent saving a nation. He knew that then. But God did not see it fit to put him in that position. And sometimes what we see as our struggle, we see it as a punishment versus a preparation. You don't understand that the greatness inside of you is calling a character. It's calling a foundation that only stress can produce. You've got to have a stress factor test to see how stable you are. So some of what we're dealing with, some of the stuff that we're going through, it's because of the platform God has. He has to make sure the foundation is solid. And he cannot give a wide foundation to a small mind. He cannot give millions to somebody who is still just believing, God, I only deserve tens of dollars. You got to think bigger than that. He took a bottle of oil with a widow and he filled up jars. He took cheap wine and made it into the best wine. He took one man, Abraham, and birthed the nation. And he took his son, Jesus Christ, and saved the world. God can take whatever you have and multiply it into something much bigger. But he wants to know, can you believe? Can you get a spirit of expectancy? Can you expect more? Can you just say, I'm not going to just be a supervisor. I want more in 2016. Can you say it's okay to have more? And not be worried that you'll be in a different tax bracket? So you're like, I don't want to come off of welfare because no, they're going to tax me. I don't want to go up high because I'm, I'm going to be in a 28% bracket. That is small thinking. And you don't have a small God. If you get in a 28% bracket, he's got a 28% to cover you. God is into multiplication, grand showcasing, showing out. He's into big. He just wants to know, do you have something for him to work with? Faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains, the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 9, 10 says this. For our sake, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in expectation and that he that threshes in hope should be partaker of this hope. It's not wrong to expect. When you put a cup of rice uncooked into a a, a pan and it's dry, when you add two cups of water to that and boil that thing up, you ought to get two cups of rice out of it. If you add something to it, and it doesn't multiply. Something is wrong. Whatever you have, your $70 moments will turn around into a $1,200 moment. But you've got to be faithful where you are. And you've got to still be dreaming from there. Don't give up on the dream because God hasn't given up. Now what I found and what I learned this is that John 10.10 10 says that he came to have life and life more abundantly. Not just more, but more abundantly. But the key factor in this is you and me we say, well, Pastor, sorry, if it's God's will, he would do it. Let me tell you something. Well, I beg to differ. Because the Bible also says that according to your faith, it's your faith. God has all of this, but it's your faith, be it unto you. Where you are is a result of your faith. Where you're going to be is a result of your faith. Things can come your way. But if you still be like Paul and say, I believe God, though it looks troublesome, though it looks stressful, there's a backside to that. Because on your faith, you know that there is no present trouble that is going to be permanent. You know that you don't shrink back because the just shall live by faith. You know this. But I want us to stop doing these prayers, these just prayers. Father, if I just get $10 more. Father, if I can just... Pay my bills. Father, if my kids just become considerate. Father, if my wife just does this, can you stop these just prayers? You are the just. You don't just pray. There's nothing just needing to be in your prayers. Lord, I just just need to get gas. just you see what I'm saying? And I understand. Because even with the phone. I went into the phone last week, and I I carried my little crushed-up phone because AT&T has a plan. You know the plan. You can take your phone in and get the extra hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. You didn't know? Okay. Well, if you're with AT&T and you have an iPhone and your iPhone is in good condition, you can turn your phone in and get up to two or three hundred dollars based on the condition. Yes, and it takes off your bill. So I went in there, and I'm calling Evan, and I'm saying, "Oh man." I need to get the phone and blah, 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 blah. But my phone is cracked. So, you know, they're not to take my little hundred dollars. He said, sweet. Just buy another phone. I said, babe. But he goes, why are you so cheap? <laughs> buy the phone, man. He said, do you have the money to buy the phone? I said, yeah. Where well, what's the struggle? I said, is it my she money? <laughs> We're referring to, is it like my pocket money? Because we, we, we have to like save and stack that up. Is that my money or your money? I don't know. Is it universal? He said, "Sweet, we have the money. Buy the phone." I was like, "Man, I just in my mind are still looking. I need a discount. I'm not gonna feel right." I know. This is why I'm preaching. Especially, I'm preaching it to me. I don't know what y'all are getting, but I'm preaching it to me. Because I thought, "Sorry, you're still thinking. If I could just get that hundred dollars off, I have the hundred dollars." It's not like if I give up the $100, I'm not going to eat. Y'all, y'all, you know, I'm preaching myself. <laughs> so let me close by saying this. I've learned the value of stages. The value of stages. I've learned the lessons in the small time will help me sustain the bigger times. And there's times I've wanted to skip seasons. And when I did, it backfired because I wasn't ready. I wasn't emotionally ready. I wasn't, my character wasn't ready. Uh, My relationship wasn't strong enough to handle it. Do you know, there's different things that have have come my way when I just want to skip seasons and and, and jump. But I had to learn that it's not sensible to put an 18-year blessing on a three-month worth of maturity. I know me. Had I got that ring up front, this ring right here on the front end, Oh, there'll be no end to my expectation. My husband would be pressured every day because I'd be like, oh, this was the first ring. Then what's the second ring going to look like? And what's the third ring? It would never stop. I would have become greedy. I would not have learned gratitude. I would not have learned patience. I would not have learned that God is a present time in trouble because I would have never expected trouble. I would have never understood that trouble was there to make me and fortify me and strengthen me and grow me. I would have expected that, oh, wait, hold on. When we lost our house and we had to move back, I'm not sticking around for this. Because we started out in abundance and you're making me go back. I can do bad all by myself. You're taking me backwards. When I was living with so-and-so and and when I was married to so-and-so and and when I was dating so-and-so, I've never been in this position. I have to go backwards. Oh, no, Pastor Sarge, it's time for me to divorce because I'm not increasing. He's taking away from my dreams. He's pulling me back. He's taking me down. See, I, that, that's what would have happened because I would have gotten too used to too big too soon. Well, right now at this stage of my life, I don't even care about none of it. At the end of the day, I'm going, God, are you happy with me? Are you, are you happy with me? Did I pass the test today? I didn't pass. Oh my gosh. He could take this ring tomorrow. and pawn it. It wouldn't even, I wouldn't cry a tear. It would move me. Because I'm not moved by what I have. Because I've learned that He is who I need. And when I have Him, anything I need and desire becomes optional for me. But I don't make what I have my God. I can do with it, I can do without it, it doesn't matter. But boy, oh boy, had it been the other way around, I would have been so stuck to my stuff. I'd have defined myself by what I had and not who I was. So I want to encourage you you have permission to dream. Just because you hit a roadblock don't mean you can't dream what's wrong the corner. God dreams bigger than you. And I want to encourage you this week. Dream bigger than where you are, but be faithful to God where you currently are. Be faithful to his principles. God can restore anything. If you've jumped a season and you can't manage, remember David. He jumped seasons. What are you doing out on that balcony spying an old girl? You know, he just of seasons. He was a king. He could have just asked and took her to his wife. He had that kind of right. He jumped seasons. Created a lot of havoc, but God restored him. You have a desire that hasn't come to pass yet, and you say, Pastor Sarah, I'm in that stage waiting. You're at the $70 stage, or you may have the twelve hundred dollars stage, and you have things coming. It's okay. Hannah was in that stage too. Well, she was faithful to God. She stayed in the house of God. She worshiped God and God brought it to pass. He can multiply. If you feel like I've had low expectations past as Man, all the stuff that has happened to me, it just seemed like it really has robbed my expectations. I want to remind you that just because you feel that way, God doesn't feel that way. In the book of Samuel, Mephibosheth was there and he was hurt and he was injured. And the Bible says that David came to him and said, Hey, I want you to eat at the king's table. And he said, Me? I'm a dog. And he said, Oh no, I didn't see a dog. I see royalty. I see a king's kid. Everything that belongs to you will be restored to you. So this week, I want you, whether you write it on your mirror, whether you, you uh, say it, put it on your Facebook, all of you on social media all day long, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, find a quote, find a scripture, put a part of your dream out there. Dream again. This is the year for manifestation. This is the year for God to bring things to pass. Don't make him manifest stuff that you don't want. Let's manifest stuff that we do want. You want to be on the, the top agent in your group? Be the top agent in your group. You want to be the, the top person on your floor? Be the top person on your floor. Expect it. This is who God wants us to be. Because when we live like this, the world can see, wow, what a great work. It is marvelous in our sight. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to just take a moment and think. Want to take a second and expect? What are you expecting this year? What are you expecting? Just think on one thing. I'm expecting this marriage to work out. I'm expecting my kid to just, just be stable. I'm expecting. To go on a vacation. I'm expecting to be in the bed with my husband and not be on the east and the west. That big gap in the middle. I'm expecting that gap to shrink by half a foot. What are you expecting? I'm expecting my hairdresser business to grow large. I'm expecting my makeup business to take me in front of some big known person. What are you expecting? If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to let you know he's expecting you today. (laughs) He's expecting great things for you. He's got a lot of great things planned on his mind for you. If you've never accepted him as your personal Lord,